Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown. And I'm Molly Keck. And we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology. And this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape. Well, this week we are going to be talking about um, a type of butterfly that if you live in the central Texas hill country area, you probably see every fall and some falls, or I guess I should say late summer, um, early fall. Um, and some years we have huge numbers of these to the point where you can't possibly wash your car for many, many months or many weeks at least. And every time you do wash your car, then we have, it seems like there's another little bloom of them. And those are these butterflies called the American snout nose butterfly. And if you've ever had the chance to get to see one up close, you know why it's called a snout nose butterfly, because it has elongated mouth parts and the, and it looks like it just has a, a long nose, like a, like an elephant trunk almost or like a little hedgehog nose or something. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cute, I guess, but the, there is a reason for that big nose that when the nose sticks out and the antenna kind of follow alongside the nose, they appear like a dead leaf. It looks like the twig or the stem of the leaf that fell off. So if you, if you get a good look at them, usually when they're at rest, their wings are kind of closed and the underside of the wings are this kind of mottled brown color that looks like a dead leaf. But when they open their wings, the front side of the wings are kind of pretty. They're orangey and black. And um, people that don't know monarchs very well think that it's, it's monarchs migrating through, but it's not. It's American snout nose butterflies. So the snout nose butterflies are called brush footed butterflies. They're in this family called Nymphalidae, And that's a pretty gigantic family of other butterflies that fit under there. So other Nymphalids are like painted ladies, red admirals, um, the fritillaries, all the fritillaries, I believe are in that Nymphalid group. And I even saw, at least Wikipedia told me that even things like the blue morphos are actually in a type of Nymphalid, but of course we don't have those in Texas. And that actually kind of makes sense to me because the blue on those morphos is on the top wing and the bottom wing is that kind of mottled color. And it seems like a lot of those Nymphalids are that way, right? Where the front part of the wing is really vibrant in color, but the bottom, when they close it up, it looks more leaf-like. So Maybe that's one characteristic that they all kind of share. So snout-nosed butterflies, native to North and South America, kind of like the painted lady, pretty cosmopolitan. You should find them all over. They, their host plant where they like to lay their eggs. So butterflies have a complete life cycle. Mom lays an egg, the egg hatches. It turns into a larva, which we usually call a caterpillar. The caterpillar eats and grows and molts a few times and then pupates and then turns into the butterfly. And they like to lay their eggs singly on hackberries. And there are hackberry trees, but there are also a lot of other hackberry um, things in the hack in that family of, of plants. And so most, from my understanding, what little I know about plants, most of the places that these um, snout-nosed butterflies like to feed on are actually more of like a bush-like hackberry as opposed to maybe a hackberry tree in your backyard. And we will sometimes have giant outbreaks of these guys. They come out every single year, but there are certain years when they are massive explosions. And 2020 supposedly was one of those big outbreaks. 
Um, there was maybe one in like, I think I read 2018 or something like that. Big explosions were, it seems like there are just thousands and thousands on the road as you're driving and they're hitting your windshield and making a mess of your car. And you feel like you're slaughtering all of these things, but you're not because there's so many that you can't possibly kill them all off with your one little car. They, um, like to feed on the hackberries. So when we have a droughty type of a spring, a pretty dry spring, and then we have good rains in the summertime, it allows those hackberries to just do really well. So there's lots and lots of food for those babies and those babies hatch out. They eat really well. They all pupate together at the same time and or around the same time. But what they will do is usually emerge in a window all around the same time. And we saw this like with um, the cicadas that we talked about, the seasonal, the periodical, the periodical cicadas, sorry. So they, we have like an early, you know, bloom, but a big chunk right in the middle. And then they kind of lag. And, and we, the time that that happens really varies. I, I know that I have seen it happen in like right after Labor Day, seems like I've come back from the lake Labor Day weekend and they're all over the place, but other years it'll be a little bit later. So I think if it's going to happen, we're going to see it September and October. And who knows if we'll have a big explosion of them now, but I kind of predict that we'll see a little bit of them. I know that in the San Antonio area and then up towards the hill country to Bernie and, and Kerrville, and even to Fredericksburg a little bit, it's huge every single year, all the time, but that's not necessarily the case in Austin, right? You guys maybe see less of them than we do. Maybe you have less hackberries or something. Yeah. We, I don't think that we have less <laughs> hackberries. It's just, I think it might be just like the way that they are, or they're moving or something, or it could have something to do with, I don't know, air currents or yeah. whatever, but you know, a few years ago we had like massive amounts of them, but you know, we always have them. I see them every year, but you know, numbers are definitely going to vary in the area. And these aren't, you know, for people that may not know these butterflies, they're not big butterflies. These are some of the smaller ones. They have a wingspan of maybe like an inch and a half to two inches or something. They're, they're small for a butterfly. I mean, they're not tiny, but they're not huge. Right. They're not like a swallowtail or a monarch. They're definitely smaller than a monarch. They're like painted lady size. If you, if you're familiar with painted ladies doing them in school and, you know, doing the life cycle of those. We often say that it's a a migration of these butterflies. And I think we call it that because we hear about the monarch migration. And that is a true migration where they have a start point and like a location that they're ending at. Right. But these snout nosed butterflies aren't really going anywhere. They've just come out of the pupa case and they're flying around. They're looking for other butterflies for mating. Yes. And places more hackberries to lay their eggs. And I think that when you watch them, it seems like their movement is directional, right? They're not just ones going east, west, you know, right or left. They're all going in one direction, but that probably has a lot to do with air current and wind. And if they're flying along the highway, which direction the the cars seem to be blowing them, but it's not a migration in that they're flying from San Antonio to Austin or any, anything like that. They're just all moving around at the same time. So if you hear people call it a migration, it's not actually a true migration, but it's, it's just a huge explosion all at one single time. So the caterpillars, they are, they're like a green color with yellow stripes that go down the back and sides. And they, they're also kind of like yellow speckly 
while they have stripes, they also have like real fine yellow spots as the, the caterpillars get bigger or, you know, get closer to pupation, they're going to turn a darker green color. And then the other thing with these is that the caterpillars on their thorax have, um, like two hump things. I mean, they're not spines or anything, but they're just kind of like warts. I don't know. Lumpy areas. Yeah. So they, they look a little bit different than some of the caterpillars that people are used to seeing. And I think people don't realize that there's tons of hackberries out in kind of, you know, parks and natural areas, and maybe not necessarily in your front or backyard, but in a, a, a park very close by or an easement or, you know, a green belt. So there's tons of food sources for these guys that have popped up in different places. And that's why we see so many when we see them. So the other thing we probably need to mention is, um, while the caterpillars feed on hackberry and stuff that's in the hackberry family, the adults do not, right. The adults, right. uh, they have that long kind of proboscis. That's a siphoning mouth part, and they are going to go to flowers and actually, um, drink the nectar from there and they can actually be considered pollinators because they can mm -hmm. pick up pollen and transfer that. So that could be a benefit that these are providing, but sometimes you'll also see the butterflies around uh, mud puddles or things like that drinking. And they usually do that because they are looking for minerals and salts from those particular areas. And that's actually something that a lot of butterflies do. It's called puddling because mm -hmm. hey, it's a puddle. So we're getting creative with our names, but they're not, um, that's not like their main food source. They're doing that just for those trace minerals and salts and things like that, that they can't get out of the nectar from the flowers. And if you want to collect them, it's really hard to just collect them out of the air. Cause it seems like any little poof of air with your net will blow it the other way. So find one of those plants that all those adults are feeding on and they will load them up. Like if almond verbena is blooming at the same time that they've emerged, then they're just going to, the whole plant seems to be undulating with them. And there's lots of other uh, plants that they'll, that they'll feed off of. And oftentimes things that you don't see swallowtails after, or the monarchs or anything like that. So they're pollinating. I think I suspect they're pollinating a lot of our native kind of uh, shrubbier, uh, plants that mm -hmm. maybe we think aren't all that pretty, or maybe we don't like having around, but that most of the other, that are probably important though, in our landscapes in our native landscapes, but maybe that some of the other butterflies are ignoring. So they are definitely are beneficial. Even the caterpillars, even with the massive numbers that you see, you're not going to see hackberry bushes, trees, or anything else in that hackberry um, family. I think it's called Celtis, different Celtis species that you're not going to see those demolished by these guys. So overall they're beneficial or neutral or, you know, benign, they're not doing anything bad. So just right. enjoy them. Don't wash your car for a while. <laughs> I would wait. I would wait, you know, when they do explode like that. I would not wash my car until you absolutely don't see any more because then you'll drive somewhere else and you'll run into a cloud of them and you'll have to wash your car all over again. Yeah. You got that big splatter yes. all over the windshield and you know, th then you turn on the wipers and it's just it's smearing, smearing and it doesn't 
really helped. Yep. So yeah, <laughs> you get the, you get the dust, the scales from their wings, plus the guts all smeared all over the place. So it just makes a big giant mess. And I have found that if you're driving quickly, right, if you're on the highway and you're going 60 plus, they just kind of blow past your car. Like you kind of, they, it's like, you're going too fast that the wind moves them around you. But if you're going slower, like on a regular street, 30 to 45, that's where you get them smashed all over your grill. and everywhere. So could I use that if I get a speeding ticket and it's that snout season, <laughs> you should. you know, it's like, sorry, I was trying not to kill the snout <laughs> butterflies. I had to go fast. So they go around. <laughs> it might work. <laughs> if you get a naturalist cop, you might. You Either might that or they're going to like take me to a mental <laughs> hospital at that point. <laughs> we are very familiar with these snout nose butterflies being kind of along the 35 corridor, right? Hill country, anything in the hill country, central, south central Texas, that kind of blob. But if you're from east Texas, west Texas, Dallas, north of Austin, I would say you probably have. I, maybe Waco is the furthest north that you really see these big explosions. You probably have snout-nosed butterflies, but you've never seen what you see here. It's not the massive population that we kind of get. And the, the cool thing is this is the only species in the United States. Is it? I didn't know that. Is the American snout. Yeah. There, I think that there's uh, like 10 or 12 species throughout the world, but this is the only one that we have in the U.S. So if you see a snout nose butterfly in the U.S., it is this one that we are talking about. So it's crazy. And yeah. So if you want, if you want butterflies in your collection, yep. coming up pretty soon is the time to start trying to get them. They're just not that even though they are kind of orangey on the top, they're just not as striking as a lot of other butterflies are. That's their defense mechanism so that they don't get eaten though. So there's a reason for it. Yeah. They're excellent at camouflage. Yes. I mean, uh, it's really fascinating to see them like sitting there with their wings folded up and their little snout thingy, because they seriously, they look like a dead leaf yep. that's on a tree. It's crazy, but you know, then you touch the tree and they all start moving mm -hmm. and they're like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I always get excited when they emerge. It's, it's neat to see them. I think, especially around a certain plant that's just blooming, you know, we always get like weird fall blooms. And when you see them just, I mean, hundreds on those plants, it's pretty, it's just cool. I think to see that. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the Texas monarch version you know yeah. it's like you know if you if you can't go see the monarch butterfly overwintering sites in mexico you know look for the snout butterflies <laughs> in late summer early fall in texas and you know it's yes. kind of the yeah. same thing not really but you know yeah it's what we yeah. got <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't tell people drive all the way from west texas to san antonio just to see it or the hill country somewhere <laughs> but i mean if you have nothing else to do it, it, in my right. mind, I like yeah. to pretend like this is what it would look like in those forests in Mexico, but um, it's probably cooler there, much more pretty. Yeah, well, least. yeah. And the monarchs are brighter, so, yes. you know, that might be more noticeable, more dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you live in the hill country, central Texas area, be on the lookout for the American snout-nosed butterfly explosion in case we have it. If not, it'll be a mini explosion probably um, in the next month or so. It's usually September through October and we'll start to see those emerging and enjoy them while you can and just know that they too will go away. It's not going to be forever. So you can wash your car again eventually. Thank you for joining us this week and we'll be back in a couple more weeks talking about some other insects that you might be seeing in your landscape. <laughs>